Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm China. Today is the 15th day of November. Welcome. So great to be here with you today. Hope you're having a great day, a great week. It, the cold has settled into Middle Tennessee. It is very cold. We are for sure out of the autumn, fall, second summer, and now into what feels like straight winter. And this is Middle Tennessee for you. So hopefully you're having beautiful, good weather wherever you are. I know there's people who absolutely love the snow and some people who are like, I would be okay to never see it again. So wherever you are on the spectrum, um, all I got is uh, may peace be with you. That's, that's my... Um, that's my greeting for you today. Today we continue on with the book of Luke with chapter 24 and the book of John chapter 20 through 21. And we are in the New International Version for this week. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and all the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Now the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened, and they talked and discussed these things with each other. Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just like the woman had said. But they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. 
As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. They opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. John 20-21 Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen, Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to, raise, had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus's body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. 
At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, We'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they, were, they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment out around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, 
but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them, and he did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Wow, so there's a lot that I feel like we could unpack today from these Gospels that we didn't get from yesterday's reading. And that is the fun part about having different writings and different writers. And so what always cracks me up is the book of John. He's like trying to be discreet, but um, not totally, you know, like the one whom Jesus loved and that one disciple, he reached the tomb first is like, okay, John, let's learn some humility, shall we? But there is a lot to unpack here that I'm like, we just read them. I'm still kind of processing it because there is a couple of different details that kind of flow together, but also kind of rub against each other, just in terms of, um, you know, Jesus revealing himself, like, I guess maybe timeline wise, um, that I'd be curious about. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, theologians and Bible scholars have a better mapping understanding, but um, where I, what I'm coming from is the angle of, um, you know, who was there to see Jesus first because we have Mary and Mary, and then we have the two disciples, and then we have Jesus revealing himself to two of the men in Emmaus, and um, then Jesus revealing himself as a gardener, and then Jesus revealing himself on the shore. And so 
Um, but one of the things that we did read was that this was the third time that Jesus had revealed himself. So um, really just affirmation all around, but gosh, what just an amazing, crazy thing to try to picture. You know, we're on the other side of the story, but to kind of imagine it as you're reading it or even to close your eyes and to think of Jesus coming back, like even these two men on the road to Emmaus, they were saying, you know, but today's the third day and we were really kind of hoping that what he said would be true and Jesus approaches their faith. And I love that they're kind of talking after Jesus has revealed himself and he's disappeared. They're like, wait, yeah, my heart actually was burning. We were talking to him. Like, yeah, there really was something to him. There was something there. And then all the way at the end of John chapter 21 is really a great, um, it's a great question that Jesus asks. And my dad really poses as well when we are in St. Peter's primacy, where it is this monument to be believed where Jesus would have asked Peter this question. And, um, or, you know, the, the question of Peter, do you love me? And, you know, foreshadowing the three times that Peter denied Jesus. And gosh, you know, like how heart wrenching would that be to go through that with Jesus? Um, but Jesus isn't passive aggressive. He's not like, hey man, what happened? Like, where were you at? Or like, let's talk about this. It was more of a reaffirming and reinstating his love for Jesus. And I also know that it had to have stung to have been in that conversation, be on the other side of that. And Jesus tells him the kind of death that he's going to have. And like, <laughs> how intense is that? Jesus comes back and then you're asked these intense questions. And then you are told the kind of death that you are going to have in front of other like guys that you have been doing life with every single day for the past three or four years. Like that would sting a little, I would imagine. And, um, and so Peter's kind of doing the very normal human thing where you deflect and you divert and you're like, yeah, 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 but what about him? And Jesus is keeping the main thing, the main thing. And he's like, what is that to you? I could keep him alive until I come back again. Like, but that's not for you to decide. What is that to you? And it's a question that really does force you to look inward and to I'm not sure how many of us are being told how we're going to die and then trying to figure out how other people are going to die. But I do think how this can relate to us is, you know, a lot of the times the Lord is telling us things that maybe we don't really like the sound of asking us of something that we don't want to give up or revealing something, you know, revealing our next step in life. And we don't like that. And so we're like, well, what about this person? Like, how come they get to have that? You know, I literally just went through something so similar to this. Um, it may seem very small scale, but to me, it, like, I was grieving it. Um, my social media just got, like, taken down and, like, ripped away from me. And um, I don't believe I did anything wrong. Um, but that was, like, a really... Um, it was a... My heart means wellness, but it was, like, a platform for me to really build community and I was doing it. And um, and just woke up one morning and, and said like everything had been taken down and I couldn't really do anything about it and I had no say. And so I was like, well, what the heck? Like, 
there's a there's a lot to it and I won't super unpack it just because it's not really important right now but I just was like well Lord what about this person like what if they because I the Lord was asking me some pretty hard questions with things about identity and feeling seen and just some, kind of some heart questions that was like ooh, you know why does why do I feel so attached to this and um but then I was like Lord but what about this person like they are they post more than I do or they share more than I post or whatever and I'm like and they don't get their accounts taken down and it's the same thing like what is that to you like you have your own heart matters that you got to walk through you have your own things that you need to walk through and I'm reminded again of the scripture verse that talks about don't worry about the sawdust in your neighbor's eye worry about the plank in your eye and like that's real life you know even you can do that with your spouse like lord why is my spouse going doing yada 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 and it's like what is that to you like truly you want them to suffer the way that you're suffering or you want them to hurt the way that this hurts or you want it to feel fair or just because you're having a bad day you want everybody else to have a bad day like because that's not the gospel and that's also like <laughs> what does that say about our hearts so it to me what is that to you really is like a humbling question and it is kind of like like i wonder if simon peter had a response you know i wonder if that conversation just ended right then and there because he was like oh yeah like you're right because you know sometimes when we get asked questions that sting typically our response is to get big or to get small and i don't know that there were people who decided to get big after jesus asked some hard questions but you know, just to actually sit with it and to say, oh yeah, man, like, what is that to me? Like, why does it matter what happens to John? Or why does it matter what happens to so-and-so in whatever situation that you can relate to? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because the reality is, is even if it was happening to them, it doesn't take away from what's happening to you. It doesn't add what's happening to you. It literally has nothing to do with you. And I think when we can realize that we are in need of a savior and we need to humble ourselves or we will get humbled, it kind of forces you to put yourself in a heart check. And if not, that heart check will come and it may sting a little bit harder. And so God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, Jesus, that what you spoke was honest and true, even if it stung a little bit. I thank you that really what you want from us is to have, be in relationship with you and to be like you and to be holy and to guide us so that we can follow your steps, follow your words, follow your works, where we can choose the things of you, where we're not constantly in a state of being told what to do, but also being empowered through the Holy Spirit, being empowered by the gospel and recognizing that you have left room for us to be equipped. And so God, I pray that we would be people who have our eyes on you, that we would keep the main thing, the main thing, that we would be so center focused on what you want from us, whether it is that you revealing to us how we are going to die or our next step or our next move or getting something taken away from us that really hurts and stings and is confusing but we're gonna just choose like 
Lord, I trust you. I don't really know what's going to come out of this. But if nothing else, Lord, like I'm just going to choose to trust you. And I thank you for our conversations that we get to have be on the inside of and recognize how much we needed to hear that. And I'm sure just as much as it stung for Peter, like it stings in us. And so God, I pray that you would clean and create in us a new clean spirit, Lord. And I pray that we would be willing to have the hunger for your daily bread, that we would be willing to be your hands and feet and to do the hard things and to hear the hard questions and to sit with the hard answers and come before you and say, Lord, like, would you clean, would you cleanse me? Would you wash me in your blood? And I thank you, Jesus, that that's already been done. As freely as you gave it, would we freely receive it? It is in your name we pray. Amen. Dailyaudiobible.com is our website. That's the place of connections where you can see what is happening here in the community. I can see what is going on and how to get connected and stay connected. So be sure to check that out. It's a great resource. You can also go to facebook.com forward slash daily audio Bible chronological. And there is a Facebook page that you can get connected and put a name to uh, or put a face to some of the names that you hear people calling in. Because I know that not everyone's thing is to call in and to leave a prayer request. Honestly, like I've said this so many times, if I was a listener, I don't know that it would be my personality to call it. Maybe it would. I'm not sure. Um, so I love to auto also just say like, hey, like I know there's people who don't call in. That's that's totally okay. Um, you can ask for prayer on, um, on in those Facebook group pages and uh, you can do so as much or as little as you would like. Um, but if calling in is your jam and you love hearing people praying over you, you can call in 800-583-2164. And uh, you can also record your prayer requests through the app and those get played, or they get sent in, and then they get played at the end of every day's podcast. But that is all for today. I'm China. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hi, this is Tammy calling from Florida. I'm calling to ask for prayer for friends of ours, uh, Max and Taylor. They recently gave birth to a little girl. Her name is Storm. Well, Storm was born with a DNA defect and subsequently has had to go multiple blood transfusions. And in her short little life, she's going to have to have chemotherapy and a bone marrow transplant when she is six months old. Her parents have had to quit their jobs and go into isolation to care for little Storm. Uh, the doctors are optimistic that once she completes all the necessary treatment, she will be fine. And I just pray, I, I've seen so many good things and have heard so many wonderful things as a result of this community praying. And that is why I am calling to ask once again. Uh, the little baby's name once is Storm and their parents are Taylor and Matt. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Good morning, Dabsy. This is Tanya calling from Suffolk. Today is Wednesday, November 9th. I would like to pray for Kate and her, Kate and her husband. 
Dear Heavenly Father, I come to the throne to lift up Kate and her husband to you, Heavenly Father. Dear Lord, before I start praying, Heavenly Father, I just want to say, Lord, I thank you, Lord God. I love you, Lord God. I love you for being the mighty God that you are, despite of who we are, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, I'm asking for a divine healing, Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. From the top of their head, Father, to the sole of their feet. I'm asking, Lord God, from a cliff for a cleansing, Heavenly Father, from the inside out, Lord God. Lord, you made our body, Lord God, and you can make it whole again, Father. And I'm just trusting and believing right now in the mighty name of Jesus for complete healing over Kate and her husband. Dear Lord, you said you would be there for us through the good and the bad, Heavenly Father, through the thick and the thin. And Lord, I just love you and I still just praise your name and give you the honor and the glory for all that you have done, Heavenly Father, and all the things that you are going to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Dad, see, I love you guys and continue to be encouraged. Know that God is a God that can do all things but fail. And I just continue to hold on to his unchanging hand despite the things that I'm going through. Because I know God, once again, he said, trust him. He will not leave us. He will continue to direct our path. And I just continue to continue to stand on that and know that God is guiding me and I'm yet continue to hold on. Once again, you guys, I love you. I love you. Continue to be encouraged. Have a wonderful day. Hi, this is Greg from Washington. I want to pray for Tanya and her husband about their marriage. Dear Heavenly Father, you know what what's going on there. Uh, be with these two that they will come close to you and that as the third cord, you will bind them. Lord, you're the creator of marriage, and that's how we understand our relationship with Christ. We thank you for all your blessings. Please be with these two, and you know what they need. Help them both heal and come back together as whole people so that they can be the team that you want them to be. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. This is Greg from Washington calling to pray for, I believe it's Julie who has MS. Her story touched my heart. My mother died of MS back in 2016. Long battle. It's a horrible thing. And I just want to encourage you and we'll pray. You know, sometimes we don't get what we ask for. That doesn't mean that God can't do it. And sometimes we just don't know. But we do know for sure that God is big enough to do whatever God decides to do. If God created this world, this universe out of nothing, then we can trust our Lord and Savior completely. So, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Julie and for her steadfastness, for her love and for her belief in you. We ask that you comfort her, that you heal her, that you, if your will be Lord, to replace the plaques with fresh myelin sheathing her nerves so that they can conduct the electrons so that she can dance with her children, Lord. Lord, 
you know best and your will, but give this woman comfort and love and the assurance and the peace that passes all understanding that no matter what, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, that whether you heal or not, we will still we will still trust in you. And that's that's what we all must do. So Lord, thank you for Julie. Thank you for every breath. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.